Welcome to In The Hunt Podcast. We will bring clarity to the complex game of golf. Start your path to better play today. This is Brian Bailey from Charlottesville, Virginia, and I'm joined with Mark Sweeney from Windermere, Florida, and we welcome you to The Hunt. In The Hunt, this is Brian Bailey here in Charlottesville, Virginia, joined with Mark Sweeney once again. Uh, today's episode is going to be on training aids and kind of a general overview and kind of thoughts on that. Maybe we can help you uh, make practice a little bit better with suggestions and maybe areas you might want to stay away from inside the training aid, aid uh, category. So, Mark Sweeney, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Just doing a lot of really cool work for this uh, Merido uh, Samaritan Fund Invitational this week where they're, they're kicking off a really cool tournament. Uh, practicing social distancing and and trying to show that it can work for golf. Yeah, I, I know a bunch of the LPGA players wrote me today and said they pushed everything back to July 15th um, for a starting date for them. And then they're basically on for about 20 straight weeks with no real gaps. So they're going to be real busy come July. Um, and we're also Sounds joined with, with our boys from across the pond. We have Gareth McShay. How are you today, Gareth? Hey, Brian, how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thanks, pal. And uh, looks like we're going to be in this situation for another couple of weeks, but we're hopeful early June we'll, we'll see a resurgence of cough, and, and that still gives us the summer season to look forward to. Yes, and uh, Jamie, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. Yeah, um, I pretty much was going to say the same as Gareth. Uh, June the 1st is, is, is when I've, uh, I've started taking bookings for coaching, so quite excited about that. There's only so much DIY and homeschooling that you can you can manage homeschooling is definitely a a theme for mm-hmm. today and we'll get to that here a little bit later um so today we're going to talk about training aids and uh, a kind of a good definition i found on training aids is any item developed or per, or procured that's fancy for buying with a primary intent that shall assist in training and the process of learning that is how they define a good training aid so in golf there's absolute websites dedicated to nothing but training aids so we're going to dive in here uh on a higher level just talk about training aids and how they can help maybe even hinder uh and then maybe some good good training aids or processes that you can actually take out to the golf course and get a little bit better um so let's jump in here right now and we'll ask our first question we'll start with mark sweeney how do you feel about training aids and how do you utilize them in your training sessions well i'm fairly <clears throat> I don't know if skeptical is the right word, but, you know, I, I do have some training aids that I use and I like, but it's, it's, they're very simple and they're easy to carry around. Um, I, I've gone through my fair share of training aids that I've bought and, and used and ended up throwing them in my garage and not done much with them. So I, there's a place for them, but, but I don't use them a lot. And, you know, I pull them out once in a while and that's about it. You know, I, I, I found that, you know, if you go to the PGA show every year, the amount of junky training aids beyond comprehension how much stuff is out there that i think is just not useful at all and too expensive and hard to use and um so i tend to use very very simple things uh like alignment sticks and just very very simple things nice and uh like uh gareth how about yourself inside of training aids do you utilize them uh do you have like a particular way of using them Brian, I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate here in that uh, training aids, if, if they are, if they're helping the player too much in terms of removing struggle or difficulty, then they're hurting the player long term. 
And that's something that I'm very cognitive of when I'm coaching. Uh, if you have the aid that's taking away all of that challenge that the player may, might need to deal with in terms of development, then ultimately what you'll see is a thing called scaffolded learning, whereby the training aid in and of itself is holding the player in position during that session. Um, but the minute you remove two things, you remove the training aid and thereafter you remove the coach, the scaffolding has disappeared and so too has the learning. Uh, I think it's critical that, you know, maybe we create environments which aid training, but does that require training aids? That's a whole different question in my opinion. And I like what Mark said. You know, I, I use very simplistic items, T-pegs, phantom holes, head cover, alignment sticks. We, we shouldn't need to go off and spend a fortune to create the requisite environment to enhance learning. All right. How about yourself, Jamie Donaldson? How do you weigh in on this? Yeah, I love training aids. Uh, and I, I'm like Mark. I've got a, an awful lot that I don't use anymore. But at the same time, uh, there's always a regular selection of training aids that I have in my, my training repertoire, my, my teaching repertoire. Um, and, you know, I think it's very hard to just, with putting especially, to, to sometimes uh, let the player realise what they're doing wrong. Uh, with just, just there's no markings on the green. So training aids are a fantastic way of really bringing the solution to life. Uh, I'm a big fan. Um, we're going to talk later about uh, benefits, pros and cons, uh, but I think uh, I I wouldn't go to give a lesson unless I had some training aids with me. Put it that way. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I like training aids. I think you know they can serve a purpose. You know, they can create a feel that that maybe you, they can't understand without it, or that could be a, a piece that gives them a sense of what needs to be accomplished. So I like that. And then kind of what Gary said, I'm also a I don't like aids that actually restrain or hold a putter or hold a club and try to prevent movement because, again, uh, recruiting-wise, collegiately, I, I would go watch thousands of kids over my career, and it's amazing on the putting green how many of them had a piece of wood or whatever, and they're running their putter along it and just training really weird stuff. So I think there's the, the, the danger line. And, and kind of going off of that, um, Gareth, where do you find a, a trading aid that could actually be helpful, whether it's uh, made out of the Gareth out of my pocket persona type or uh, one that you actually buy from one of these esteemed websites out there? Brightly, the big thing is what you just um, touched upon a moment ago in that if you have a trading aid that, that creates a, a explicit position, so you, know, you have no option but to go to keep the putter on the board, stay in play, and et cetera, um, you know, how can that generic training aid be of assistance to the majority of players? The answer is it can't. So what we want is something that can promote certain movement within within a, a range, but it shouldn't be putting players into key positions as determined by the training aid and thereafter force them to keep repeating them. So I, I would feel that the most the most helpful training aids that I use are the ones whereby they the player gets tactile or kinesthetic feedback or even visual feedback or auditory feedback but it's not insisting upon them repeating certain positions based upon the inventor's concepts of how the game should be played or the club should be swung. Yeah, that is definitely uh, a lot of training aids are, they're very unique in their setup. I know uh, when I was coaching a bunch, we used to see the, the putting rail or 
um, the arc, which is, you know, in theory is great, but not everybody puts that way. And I had one player I'll never forget. She would get on it and be running her putter along this thing and actually closing and opening her face as she's running the rail. So technically you're supposed to be working on face and path all together. And she was just overriding the system. Um, so I was just like, oh, that's an interesting way of using that device. Um, Jamie, how about yourself? What, uh, how do you find, or what aids do you find helpful when you're training? Um, well, my, one of my go-tos will be a, a chalk line that I use. Um, so if we want to know what a putt looks like with perfect aim, uh, the chalk line is great because the player can get their putter face uh, matching the line and then hit their putt. Um, you know, people miss aim and then start the ball on the correct line. We know that. So I like to see where the ball goes when aim is perfect. Um, and because you can't jump in and use a laser and aim a putter and then take the laser away and put the ball back in play, uh, with the, the chalk line on the green, we, we know what, um, we know that the face is in a good position to start with. So quite often the putter's got the lines on the back and we can uh, just make sure it marries up. Uh, the chalk line is also good for videoing from above if you want to uh, watch how the sweet spot travels. So if we're talking about path of club. And then when it comes to uh, using T-pegs for gates, uh, when you've got a chalk line, you know, about 10 or 11 inches into the putt, you can put a ball directly on top of the chalk line T-pegs each side of that, and you can create your gates in a couple of seconds. So, um, yeah, multifunctional is the is the is the chalk line, um, and it's without a doubt it's something I'll probably use on every single session. Um, you know, if we've got perfect aim, where does the ball go? Uh, and if it's not going where we want, and we use T-pegs now for gates, can we start to get an understanding on on launch? So a lot of your training aids are more of a diagnostic, not teaching a position per se, but really giving you the insight on on what's happening. Yeah, I I, I can't I don't think I think the uh, yeah thinking about it, I don't think any of my training aids are positional. Nice, nice. How about yourself, Mark Sweeney? Um, other than your hearing aids, uh, what other aids do you use out on the golf course? <laughs> Yeah, I um, I've got some standard training aids that I, that I use every time I go out. I have them with me. I don't always use them, but uh, I like alignment sticks for basic alignment fundamentals. Um, I really like the elevated string line. I don't use it a whole lot, but I, but it's something I feel like I always want to have with me. Uh, similar to what Jamie was saying, you want to be able to train start line, and I like the elevated string line because it doesn't interfere with the putt uh it's not a gate that you're banging the ball into and frustrating players it's just more of a visual um i don't use those chalk lines because i always find i have to move the string line around a lot and i just find it's more portable than a chalk line so i'm, I'm a big fan of that one um the one training aid i probably use every single lesson is the uh, the speed strips you know those latex strips you put on the ground to show mm -hmm. Um, you know, how to get people to try to stop the ball in the box or to put proximity circles around the hole for short game or putting. Uh, I think those are really good visuals and I train speed so much. I, I find that that's something that just every single day I use it. Um, other than that, I mean, the only other thing I really use is, you know, a little aim triangle just to get people um, aiming their perception of their aim aligned a little better, but I don't use it that much. Um, other than that, I mean, I've got, I've got loads of stuff in my garage. That I just don't touch, you know, I, I either find it's too difficult to carry around with me because I don't use it very much or, um, or I just don't find it effective. 
you know, like, like as Gareth was saying, and they might do it fine while you're on the training aid, but as soon as you pull it away, if there's no improvement, then I would consider that an ineffective aid. So really, uh, the, the kind of the theme I'm hearing is most of the time, as we as coaches are using it more as a diagnostic tool, um, you know, giving me the visual to be able to see a putt rolling as it's staying on a line, not so much as a guarantee to take five shots off your stroke if you buy this $800 piece of equipment or, or whatever that is uh, at, on the Golf Channel at 4 a.m., you know, like the infomercials, get the Ginsu knife and the bamboo steamer with it. Um, so, again, I think training aids, I think if used properly, can really benefit a player and give feedback. Uh, but, again, if you have the wrong aid or, or use it in a, inappropriately, uh, you might get some effects that you don't quite want. So, um, Jamie, is there any way or any devices or anything that you've seen where you feel that like certain aids with certain players have been a detriment? Jamie Donaldson, you awake? Jamie just left the show. All right. Hey, Garrett, Jamie how about just you? just left the building. <laughs> that, was a gone. that was a tough question. He's like, I'm gone. <laughs> hey, Gareth, how about you? Are there any training aids or anything you've seen in your experience that can be actually harmful or detrimental to a player? Brian, I'm glad you repeated the question because it switched off once you said Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> um Look, as I've said already, anything that completely removes struggle, so you, you get this impression of I'm absolutely nailing this. And here's a really quick example I can give. Put a kid on a bike with stabilizers. They'll cycle up and down the street for fun, right? Take the stabilizers off. What does a kid do? It's, it's a question of when they go into the bushes, not if they go into the bushes. And so that, that, you know, that false sense of security the training aid provides, uh, that's not helpful at all. And, and something that we should really focus upon here is Training aids should be giving golfers a pathway to better performances, not better movements. Wait a minute. I've, I've read golf magazines. I've read, it's all about better skill components. It's not about performance, right? See, when you're watching the Golf Channel at 4 a.m., I'm watching something different. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> so so I, think, I think that anything, anything we do, anything we utilize, anything we're repeating whilst training – the objective has got to be, will this assist me in performing to the levels I desire or to the next level I desire, whatever the case may be. And there are helpful training aids. It's important for us to say that. Um, but until I get sponsored by one of them, I'm not going to single one out and start naming it on this show. <laughs> I understand. I understand. How about yourself, Mark Sweeney? Uh, any training aids that you can see that have actually been hurtful uh, to a player or something along that lines? Oh, look, Jamie, Jamie's back. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, the, the, I, I'd say the one that I saw do the most damage, um, and I used to see it quite a bit on the putting green, and hopefully I don't see it much anymore, but I had a player who had stroke was pretty good, putting performance was pretty good, and I didn't see him for like a month, and he came back, and he had this nasty, wicked, open face cut with his putter. And I said, what in the heck – have you been doing? And he's like, Oh, you know, I started to, somebody recommended that I practice um, my, my backstroke and my forward stroke on a, on a two by four. The old two by four. Is the old two by four. And he's trying to go straight back, straight through, which then converted into an, an open face cut um, and destroyed him, like literally destroyed his putting. And, you know, that, that is a coach really concerns me because you don't always know what people are doing 
training behind your back. And when they, you know, somebody, somebody's dad says, Oh, this is a great training tool. Use your two by four. And it literally destroyed him in 30 days. Um, that terrifies me. So every time I see though, I know people use them out there and every time I see them, I just cringe and have to walk away. How about yourself, Jamie, now that you've rejoined the uh, group here? <laughs> Uh, do you, do you, have you seen where training aids have actually been hurtful to a player that you've been working with? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what I missed, but, um, and for, for me, anything that, that guides the putter or, uh, acts like, um, that, that's putter, that's not the player doing it. I worries me. Uh, you know, I call them a crutch, uh, where you know leaning your putter on something and it's supposed to be showing you what the right arc is, I don't think that, that you know I, I don't understand what that gives you because you're not then going to go and make an action and be able to remember what it felt like to do that because the putter was pretty much being moved by the, the training aid. Um, but you know I was a massive massive fan of uh, string lines. Uh, I went to the chalk line because everyone then tries to get their eyes above the ball, above the line, above the ball. Um, so I feel like it's starting to steer people's eye positions, uh, as were the, the mirrors. Um, if, if, um, if I had a player who was better set up with their eyes inside the ball and they wanted to use a mirror, I would say, okay, where, where are your eyes? They don't need to be directly behind the ball or on the ball. Yet quite often I've been working with people and they've come back, uh, and, and they'll have shifted. And I'll say, what's happening? They'll say, well, I've been using a mirror to check my eye alignment. And I'll say, what is your eye alignment? And they'll say, well, it should be over the ball, shouldn't it? So, and I think anything that's, that's guiding the player or moving the player or, or trying to suggest that there's, there's one position for everyone, I think is, is very dangerous. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like a lot of training aids you come with a, with a, a doctor's warning or a golf co coach's warning where they should be prescribed uh and if you think of it like you go to a doctor he gives you some meds um and then you go to the, the pharmacy yourself buy what you other meds you think are gonna help that concoction quite often could be uh, i'd imagine could be quite damaging you imagine <laughs> I'd, I'd like to chime in on the on the mirrors because i didn't think of that when you asked the question but mirrors i think are very dangerous for exactly why jamie said because you know they you. the manufacturers I hate to admit, but the manufacturers lead you to believe that your eyes should be over the ball. And I think the majority of us putting coaches would disagree with that. And so the one problem is if it's encouraging people to get their eyes over the ball, it usually causes aim issues. The other thing with a mirror, if you're going to use it, you would have to, even if you just want your eye in a consistent position, which some players do, which is fine, you have to do it on a flat surface. And if you're, there's yeah. any slope or tilt at all, it, it, it reflects differently and you're not going to see where your eyes actually are. And I think that's what Jamie was alluding to. Mm -hmm. And I know people don't realize that. I hate to give him credit for twice in one <laughs> sentence here. I'm getting a little twitchy now. I've got to, I've got to insult him real quick. Um, but <laughs> but mirrors, um, I know lots and lots and lots of people use mirrors. I think it's, it's a very, can be very dangerous. Yeah, I find, I'm, I, I, you know, I mirror what you guys say, which scares me. So I'm going to have to rethink a lot of my thoughts here really have some self-reflection um i don't like anything that guides the club i hate i hate anything with rails anything that prevents a movement um actually my number one training aid it's it's really cool and you can buy them pretty much anywhere it's a it's a golf ball uh when you hit it it tells you what it's going on 
Um, if you're practicing and you're putting, it tells you what's going on. And if you're chipping, the golf ball tells you what's going on. So uh, I think we get a little bit crazy over the, the training aid and this piece. Again, to me, a lot of it is fairy dust. If I go buy this aid, it guarantees I'm going to be able to do this, this, or this. And, you know, again, it, uh, to me, they're just, they're just taking advantage of a person's fear and a person's laziness to get better by buying this one piece and everything just will work out great. Um, and now kind of thinking funny story wise, we've all been around the golf industry for a while and we've been at tour events and gone to different clubs and watched people train. Does anyone have a funny story of someone using a training aid that you were just like, Oh my God, what is that? Or if they were using it incorrectly and you're just like, Oh my God, like we've all been to the gym and you see the person doing a pull down bar and they're trying to do something inappropriate with it. And you're like, that's not what it's designed to do. So does anyone have a funny uh, training aid story? Well, I have one, and Jamie was there with me when I uh, when we saw this, and hope maybe Jamie you'll think of a different one. But it was at the uh, Women's British Open one year, and a player was out with a um, not a gate, but it was something they were putting through. Right, it was kind of a gate with a, with a chalk line. Yeah, it was. It was a it was a mat that was supposed to show her the <laughs> the uh, the arc of the path of the club, and it right. had a so, gate attached, uh, uh, sort of ten inches off the ball. Right. So there was a gate on there and it was supposed to be a straight putt and it was set up straight to the hole. But the problem was it was a breaking putt. And so what happened is she kept hitting it through the gate and missing the putt and then got frustrated and started pulling it left so that she could make the putt. But then it started hitting the gate and the whole thing just kind of spooled out of control and went to crap. And her coach was standing there talking and not paying any attention. And Jamie and I were watching going, this is an absolute disaster. She's done already. She's cooked already. She's got no chance. And uh, she missed the cut that week, um, but it was some. It was a player who just set up incorrectly and just literally started getting frustrated and mad and compensating and then hitting everything and you know hitting all the things she's not supposed to hit with the ball, and um, and nobody stopped it. It just blew our mind. I think that nobody stepped in and went, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What what are you doing here? Like, let's this is a major. Like, <laughs> this is not what you're supposed. This to be is not doing. the time to be doing this. No. <laughs> How about yourself, about uh, Jamie? That putt was about two foot as well, which was scare, even scarier. Um, okay, so so there's a, a really cool training aid, um, which uh, I think it's called the T-bar, and it's like a, an attachment that comes off the, the, the top of the, the, well, the, the putter, uh, and it's, it sets up with a, like a, an animal that goes... So basically, it's all about having your chest and shoulders square to the putter head but also when you turn it kind of kind of gives you the uh shows you what the arc should look like anyway um i had a i, I had one and i used it with a player and um he really liked it because it gave him a better feel of how to take the club away whatever and so i told him where to get one from uh and he got it and then he uh messaged me maybe three four weeks later so I'm really struggling with this thing. It's it's really it's it's it just doesn't look right. The, the toe of the putter's uh, way up in the air. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm setting up to hit like a high bunker shot. Uh, I've got to bend my knees to address the ball. And I was like, wow, okay, just send me a picture. And what he'd done is he'd he'd put it on the wrong, upside down, the wrong way around. So so he was he was completely contorted. Just and it looked like he was trying to hit one of those sort of really high flop shots, you know, had about 
45 degree angle between his forearms and the, and the shaft of the putter. Uh, and, and, the, and he sent me the image and he said, does this look right to you? Uh, and, you and then I thought, seriously? <laughs> well, yeah, and I thought it was a joke. I, I thought he, it's, he's just messing around. Um, so, yeah, that, that was just, he just, I guess he just didn't read the instructions properly. How about yourself, Gareth? Brian, how can you not call Jamie out for that? He didn't read the instructions properly. <laughs> His coach gave it to him, and he didn't read the instructions properly. Oh, Jamie. <laughs> no, I used it with him, and he went and ordered one. Then you didn't give him the instructions properly. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, you're, for, it's for, every, for every part gives you, I'm taken back to. <laughs> um, Brian, when I, was, when, I, when I started working at Pro Shop, I guess I was about 13 working the summers. Uh, and I was I was working in the back one day to do a set of grips or something like this, and I I stumbled upon this training aid, right? And I took it out of the box, and it was kind of a mesh helmet that went over your head. Then there was a wire that you had to thread down through your shirt, okay? And then there was a fish hook that had to go to a certain part of the male body. <laughs> and the idea was, if you lifted your head, you'd only ever do it once. That's <laughs> I never met somebody who had used it or somebody who would advocate it. And, and I don't know, maybe there's unicorns running around there who are great golfers. Um, but that, that's funny. And the other one I've seen before is the, like the, the swing mates and swing planes where you're, you see people trying to swing through certain gates. And, you know, the first driver swing is just this smash of titanium and plastic and doesn't end well for either a golf club ball or player or, or training aid for that matter. Yeah. When, when I think of training aids, I think of the movie Tin Cup when he's struggling and he's standing in the, in his little trailer and he's got the hook that we talked about. He's got all these devices hooked up to him. And and that's really the golfer's mind. A lot of times when, when we see trouble, we look for that instead of figuring out the piece and getting better, we, we find that aid. I think in college, I saw tons of them. I think my favorite two would be on the putting green. Um, one was a, it was called big balls. So you, it was like a, golf ball that was like four times its size and people are like putting them in the hole. And I'm just sitting there going, what are we learning from that? And they're like, well, if you can make a big ball go in a, a hole about the same size, you're a better putter. <laughs> okay. Um, and I saw people collegiately just putting those and it was, it was fun. Uh, and then I think the other one putting wise is again, I think kind of what Mark said, the dreaded two by four. That thing just needs to go away. Um, I see too many juniors with a two-by-four on a putting green just destroying a putting stroke. Um, now, if you believe in straight back, straight through, and you know controlling the face, great. But still, that two-by-four is not going to be very beneficial. Um, just because maybe maybe you used a a a four-by-eight or a six-by-eight, so you can actually match your rise angle might be a little bit better, but the two by four is just a terrible, terrible training device out there for anybody that is uh, trying to get a little bit better in golf. Um, and if, and if you want to buy a two by four training aid, I sell those for thirty nine ninety nine, and I'll ship them anywhere in the world. You let me know. Um, I'll go cut you one tomorrow. I'll take uh, six. <laughs> you'll take six. Perfect. <laughs> so uh, everybody right now is kind of stuck indoors. Um, for us in this group, we all have kids. Um, so we're probably all doing a little bit of homeschooling, except for Gareth. Gareth's kid is uh, his car that sits out in the driveway. Um, <laughs> that's right. So, so we were to, to lighten up the show a little bit. 
I, I encourage the gang to come up with haikus. Uh, my son, over the last week, all we've been doing is haikus. Um, so five, seven, five syllable pattern. Um, I took this seriously. I know Mark did. I think overseas, they don't understand syllables per se. So I think they struggled a little bit. But we'll go ahead and get started. And, and I'll do one right now kind of to, to get the theme of the world right now in golf. Uh, here is my first haiku. Walking the fairway, social distance is easy. Let us golf again. That's very optimistic. That's very optimistic. What does that have to do with putting aids? Well, it's, it's just about golf. I'm putting us in the right mindset. All right, all right. I, did my, I thought I was on putting aid, so I did a putting aid one. Nice, let's hear it. Are you ready? Why do you tease me as if I could drop five strokes for 1995? I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. I'm, I'm looking at Jamie Donaldson's face. He looks scared right now, so we're definitely going Jamie. Hey, Jamie, he's, let's hear he's one. thinking well, really hard. I, 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 I thought you wanted a poem. <laughs> oh god so i haven't uh, listen I'll, I'll make one up but let's do gareth now and then uh come back to me <laughs> i love a good limerick too if you can hit me with a limerick well, he's, 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 Irish. Irish. he's got loads he's of those this will be the third time on the show you've said let's let gareth go now so gareth says no <laughs> <laughs> off you go jamie <laughs> i need to think of one then gareth do you have one by chance once again jamie shows up prepared <laughs> I've got a good quote from Bobby Jones. Would that do? Sure. Golf is the closest game, the closest game to the game we call life. You get bad breaks from good shots. You get good breaks from bad shots. But you have to play the ball where it lies. Um, I wish Bobby Jones could do the show with us. Anyways, um, Gareth, how about yourself? <laughs> Dig him okay. up. Uh, I, Brian, I have no idea where this is all going, but... You, you have a certain noctal visitor these days. So what I've gone with is big brown bear stocks, salmon jump the weir, ball drops. Nice. We did have a brand new bear show up last night to the house. That is true. Um, and then new, here, a new bear. A new bear. He's a I smaller they're bear. Not, they're not territorial? Uh, I have no clue. We had a smaller bear show up last night going through our garbage. So it was, it was lovely. Um, got good video of him. I'll put it on Instagram if anyone wants to see my bears. Um, I, I can give you – I got one about putting. Uh, the, pre, the pressure is on. Putting for the win today, hole out or pay out. It goes kind of in your training aid method. So uh, anyone have anything else to end this show with other than these spectacular haikus? I don't know. I think generally speaking about training aids, it's a, it's a massive market out there. But yeah, I think we all have probably been in it long enough where we're very – very selective about what we use and it's real easy to just waste a ton of money on stuff that doesn't really help i'm sure yeah. i'm making lots of friends with people by saying that but it's true <laughs> you know the other thing that we didn't touch on is that is the fact that they tend to be uh there tends to be a fad or a craze with these training aids where there's a, a sudden influx of people using them or wanting them or trying to get them seeing them on social media and i mean and I don't think everyone, without a coach explaining how to use them properly, I'm not sure they're even relative to, to people's putting development. You know, I, I, think, I think that you know, people see something, think it makes X player a lot better, so they just get one and use it. It's, it's, like, WebMD, 
it's like WebMD, right? I put in my five symptoms and it tells me I have Ebola. Uh, yeah. Maybe, but the chances are not. So I think uh, I think there's a danger in self-prescribing anything. Gareth, how about yourself? Any closing uh, thoughts? A couple of things, Brian. Uh, the the training aid doesn't make the tournament player, but the tournament player sure as hell can make the training aid in terms of future sales and growth, et cetera, going back to what Jamie said about fads. And, you know, let, let's get back to what this game is about. You want to hit a golf ball in a certain direction, a certain distance. Those are the two things you need to go off and figure out. Now, do you need, you know, well, those two by fours you're sending me this afternoon, all that stuff, do you need all of that to figure this out? Or do you just need to make small enough strokes until you can go, there's the club face looking left, there's the club face looking right. Somewhere between those two is straight and, and make it bigger from there. You're right. And, and American Pine will be coming your way, man. Shipping, I, I can't wait shipping is, no longer, is not free overseas. So I'll have to add a little bit to that. But, but you'll be I'm going to try to figure out what I can turn them into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I saw. I, I, I was at the Masters one year. I don't remember how many years ago. Last six, seven, eight years, something like that. And a um, well-known professional golfer came out on Thursday morning with a new training aide who he's obviously pitching for somebody else, throws it on the putting green, kind of fumbled to figure out how to set it up, hit putts for about five minutes on it. Everybody took pictures and golf channels showed it, and then he got rid of it. And I'm sitting there obviously thinking um, he's obviously just promoting a putting aid and somebody's giving him money for it. Nobody in their right mind is showing up at the Masters on Thursday morning and putting an unknown putting aid on the putting green to help him. And what amazed me is how many people took pictures of it and that the fact that Golf Channel even covered it. Um, whoever made that must have made a ton of money on that, but it, the whole scene was kind of ridiculous, I thought. Yeah, I, so, yes, yeah, kind of wrap up the show. Be smart on choosing aids. Uh, find the ones that actually fit your game and not ones that uh, ex-touring pro said this is what the, was their defining piece to make them a touring professional probably not completely true we call that marketing um so so again we want to reach out and uh training aids i think that again they're they're useful in helping you to create parts of the game you need help in uh but but again it's like medicine be careful on how much you use and where you use it um and again if you, any big training aid company out here wants to you know advertise with uh in the hunt i think we just ended that opportunity which is fine <laughs> Uh, but uh, we, we appreciate everyone listening to you. Again, we're going to be truthful and give you what we believe, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, we hope you enjoy that. We hope uh, keep giving us inputs. Um, Instagram, I'm getting better at it. Mark just showed me how to do some cool stuff like read messages the other day. So keep sending me those messages and I'll be able to reply back. You've given us tons of ideas for future shows. Um, I think our next three or four are actually being driven by requests from you, the viewer. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, once again, welcome. Uh, you're always welcome on In the Hunt, and thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you.